Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. Uh, today, you got us. We got uh, CJ and Adam on the chopping block today. What are we doing? Today, we're going to be talking about the 1986 film, A uh, Little Shop of Horrors, directed by Frank Oz. Oh, my gosh. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. Here we go again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. The intro the, this, is so this catchy. Whole, this whole episode is just going to be... CJ trying okay. to sing Little Shop of Horrors songs. No, oh, dude, you know I love musicals, okay? I'm all about musicals. We, we both musicals. like musicals. And that's that's why okay, we're doing okay, this yeah, episode. That doesn't matter. Let's just jump right into it, which is like the most used phrase yeah, ever. Yeah, but let, let's use it anyway. Why don't we talk about a couple of the cameos? Oh, yeah. The cameos. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh my gosh. Okay, because so like the casting for this was... Like, I was... This it's, was the second time I've watched this movie, and I was really mm-hmm. surprised like when I recognized all the people. Yeah, there, but, like, there's a lot of faces in there. Let's start like, with um, the guy. We were just wa- uh, talking about Princess Bride the last yeah, episode. Uh, and Christopher then, Guest was the uh, – he's the guy that sees the strange and interesting plant. Where did you find it? And in the Princess it? Bride, he was the six-fingered man. Yeah, he was Count Rugen, the six-fingered man. Exactly. So that's uh, really cool. Mm-hmm. His the, the acting for that was really funny. He's just like talking in a very monotone, or, or not monotone, but like very. Uh... Excuse me, I couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting plant. What is it? <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was really funny. Yeah, uh, another great cameo: Bill Murray as Arthur. Oh Denton. my gosh, the legend! I love that guy. Bill Murray is is a. Is really great. This is great. This is probably one of my favorite scenes with with Bill Murray in it, and that's like including all of his movies that he's a main character. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Just this one scene is one of my favorite things ever with Bill Murray. Well, it's because he's working together with um Steve Martin. Steve Martin, and those two are both comedic geniuses. So when you yeah, put, and then when they when, when you they two, play put off two each of them other. together, you just get something that's beautiful. I went to a terrible dentist on Wednesday who was recommended to me by somebody that I saw on Monday who's the brother of a man that I usually see on Sundays. Yeah. I mean, when you put... Well, not... It doesn't always work, but when you put no, two No, no, comedic- sometimes you get... It's like an all-star team where, like, you, they're really good, but they don't work well together. But they had a good chemistry in this one. This one was good. Mm-hmm. John Candy as, uh... uh they yes. did at the radio uh, another station. guy... Who's worked with um, Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Mm-hmm. That's that, pretty cool. I think Planes and Trains he was, really was funny in that. Planes and Trains was a year after Little Shop oh. Tours. I think I think Planes and Trains was eighty seven, and Little Shop was eighty six. I wonder if they like got to know each other on that set, or if they already did. They already know each other. Um. Because I would be interested, like, oh, hey, I, I met, I don't know, I don't know. I don't It'd be know, interesting to find out. I don't know, that'd be interesting. I'd have to look into that. And, you know, it's like the six degrees of bacon, you know, yeah. where instead of Kevin Bacon, it's like, oh, they got to know each other through this. Because mm-hmm. that's so how so many things come about. People get to know each other through things that they work together on, and then they that creates things that were even better than when they met. You know, they create movies mm-hmm. and Amazing stuff. It, it just came from encounters, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Another cameo. Uh, James Belushi is like oh, the yes. is like the dude at the end, the brother of John Belushi, the blues brother John Belushi. Uh, 
Excuse me, pardon me, beg your pardon. If you two kids would just stop singing for a moment, I've got something I want to discuss with you. The, the brother of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Blues Brother brother. <laughs> there we go. A true Blues Brother. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he shows up right at the at the tail end of the Which movie. is hilarious because um, I, I, my mind is just like connecting everything. I'm like, I'm thinking of John Belushi, who was with Elwood, who was actually Dan Aykroyd, who was in Ghostbusters mm. with Bill Murray. <laughs> it's it's a web. It's a it web. It is a of eight, web. It's, it's a web just, of eighties movies. Like I, I my mind is just kind of like connecting all the dots because I'm like, oh, these old people, they all knew each other. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all the cameos. That was all the main. That cameos. are like all the prominent cameos. Yeah. Um, sure. Oh wait, wait. Did um, the director? Did Frank Oz ever like show up? Uh, I don't think he he showed up in there. Oh, but yeah. uh, let's talk about him for a minute. Oh, uh, Frank Oz, the Frank director, Oz, the mastermind behind Grover, Yoda, the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was Jim Henson. But <laughs> wait, wait, what? Jim what? Henson made the Muppets. But, but he did Mrs. Miss Piggy though, right? He, for for a couple things, yeah. Okay. He's. I don't know all the Muppets Yoda. that he, he's voiced, but yeah, yeah, he's Yoda. Yoda, he's Yoda, also Yoda, Blue, Yoda. Uh, he's also in Blues Brothers. He's uh. He's oh, you're the, right. He's he's the guy at the at the beginning of the movie that gives uh, Jake <laughs> all his stuff back. And then Steven Spielberg shows up at the end, right? Yeah, Blues Brothers. That's kind of funny. That's uh, hilarious. Anyways, anyway, yeah. Frank Frank Oz. I always uh, thought of him more as just like. A guy who worked with puppets and was really good with puppets and voice acting. Well, I never thought had, of him a as a great has a director. a lot to do with this movie, so... <laughs> uh-huh, that's true. That's true, but yeah. he didn't but, really... Uh, yeah, originally... He, did, he was really just a director in this movie. As yeah, much, so. originally, though, uh, we watched the behind-the-scenes thing on it. Um, Martin Scorsese, of all people, was uh, was uh, supposed to direct this movie. That was really cool. Uh, and Spielberg would, was yeah. going to produce it. So, um... <laughs> Imagine... What Imagine having like. having a Scorsese directed Little Shop of Horrors. He made like um, all the gangster movies with De Niro and and stuff it like that. Probably would have been a Pacino. lot more grittier. Yeah, uh, I don't know. And also, I don't know how well the puppet would have worked out. But the thing is, they were trying to stay true to the original source material, which was that movie um, that was originally made. It was yeah, the, it was like, the Roger was, Corman movie from. It was uh, intentionally bad or, the or 60s. unintentionally. I don't know. It's it's known as the movie that was made in two days because it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roger That's Corman's crazy. famous for making movies on tight budget and and in very little time. <laughs> <clears throat> That's cool, though. So anyway, but, yeah. It yeah. stayed true to the source material. It stayed really lighthearted and funny for the most part. Mm-hmm. He had the dark moments. Well, I mean, it's 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 a dark comedy. so It is, but like you still laugh at it. And it that's it's it's kind of like Adam's Family, I guess, where it's it's dark, but it's also a family But it's not movie. like super, super dark. Like, it's not like... um. It's not like Fargo. No. <laughs> No. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fargo's a little darker than Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. But, um, yeah. Spoiler uh, alert. Only two people die in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, 
Well, technically, let's talk about that. Uh, that original. Are we allowed end- to talk about? It? I I didn't know if people. Let's let's go ahead and talk about an original ending. You know what? Th- Spoiler a- alert! Too late. Yeah, this this um, is this is an old movie. We can talk about it. We can. If, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast, it is your own fault. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's talk about this original ending since you brought okay, up yeah. the uh, the death the. Oh the my kill gosh! Count. Okay, yeah, it had two endings technically: the director's cut and well, then the, the, the the original ending. The but original. Now it's known as the director's cut. The original ending was. Um, the, the plant, one they showed. The plant to... wins. Yeah, it was the one they showed to test audiences before mm-hmm. the movie came out, mm-hmm. and all the audiences were like, "Whoa, this is this is dark." The heroes all died because what happens is, uh, Audrey Two, which is the the plant uh, mm-hmm. in the story, uh, the, the plant eats, monster. Yeah, yeah, it eats. Um, it spreads. Everyone. Like it creates it different. E- it kills. It kills. Uh, Takes Audrey, over the world, which is the. Uh, the main girl, and then it also kills Seymour, which is our main character. The protagonist. Then, yeah, that's what audiences were like. What? They died? And, and then, then the, um, they sell p- smaller plant versions of yeah, Audrey the 2. Sell, you know, the salesmen get their hands on Audrey 2, uh-huh. and they, they sell it all across the world. And So then they grow bigger. Yeah. They start eating people. They start destroying buildings. It's suddenly like the original. It started turning into like your old early nineteen hundreds, uh, like Godzilla. end of the world movie. Like, what was, I'm trying to think, like, uh, like Godzilla and King Godzilla, Kong, Mothman, those kind of stuff. Yeah, King Kong. Just kind of. It it was cool though. It was a cool ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, Personally, I think it had a lot of merit to it. Yeah, and like, I, it, it I was huge. Like, I like both endings. Um. It, it was and it was so big budget though like yeah they put it's so one of much... the most expensive deleted scenes ever <laughs> right <laughs> I mean um, all those puppets and all the sets and it was insane yeah it's crazy they pro- they had to use like miniatures and stuff and get all the yeah. explosions to work in the buildings and and then they and then they cut that out and give us a discounted version <laughs> well it's so not much... really. Not really discounted. It's just more of a happier ending. I like both endings. That's but, true. They did. Yeah. They had the electric spark thing when they destroyed Aubrey. That must have taken a lot of. Yeah. The um, the ending that most people are familiar with is um, Seymour and Audrey. They they end up killing the plant, and then yeah. they go and get married and live happily ever after. And then we have a slow pan down of the final shot into their garden at their house, mm-hmm. and there's another Audrey too. And it smiles, and then the movie ends. You know, which is still a very good ending because it's like to be continued. Not really, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but I hope um, it's not Little Shop of Horrors too. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. That's one of those movies you don't touch. I like both endings, but I think I I. I favor the original ending a little bit more just because of the it effects. It stays true to the musical. The effects that were, um, that they used in that final scene. But, um. I think from an emotional standpoint, I'm glad they changed it because I probably would have been upset if that was the original. Oh, uh, yeah. And, I, like um, I said, the test audiences were. So yeah. that's why they went and changed it. it, it I guess it, it didn't match your clean cut. Uh, what what's the word? Um, co- the conclusion. It wasn't like a completed kind of 
it hit it, it, like it wasn't it wasn't happy ending it did, it, you didn't have your closure the kind of ending you wanted yeah it was more, it was it, it's an unconventional ending and especially when you have musicals where most in most musicals have a you know it wraps yeah. up and then we should back up a little bit we kind of jumped into yeah we kind of uh, just i realized when i was talking about the characters we just kind of skipped over the entire plot of the movie and i mean if the if you're listening to this then you know the basic story i'm assuming yeah let's talk about the plot um seymour seymour that's that's where it starts right or no it starts with this intro into the movie where it's like on the 23rd day of the month of september in an early year of a decade not too long before our own kind of like a wonderful life where it's like in space and stuff and then it comes and span span uh Hands down into the yeah. earth, and you see everything. Um, so you, you go ahead and talk about it. What, the, the, so, a very shortened version of the plot of the movie is Boy finds plant. Boy mm-hmm. feeds plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, plant dies, kind of. Plant uh, requires special food. The special food is blood. <laughs> um... Fresh the blood. plant begins to talk and convinces the boy to kill people uh, well, in order to feed the plant and make it grow. Sort of kills them. What do you mean? Well, like, he doesn't actually murder anyone. He he cuts them up. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the basic idea is that sure, sure, there's, sure, a, yeah. there's a man-eating plant and it needs blood mm. to survive. And the point is, this plant suddenly makes Seymour really successful, so the boy, mm-hmm. Seymour, that's why... He's even listening to the plan in the first place. Yeah, because he's kind of like a, a goofball outcast kind of guy. Yeah. No anyway, really at the, the point is, near the end, the plant tries to kill Seymour and his friends. And he partially succeeds, but um, Seymour plugs in something, some kind of electrical socket, and blows the plant up. Which kind of was like a loophole. Like, where in the heck did all that co- idea come from? I mean, that's that's where uh, they were like, oh crap, we need a a happy ending. <laughs> oh yeah, because like they didn't set that up at all. It's just like, yeah, electric. That, it was there. <laughs> but, there was um, no Chekhov's gun. Nothing that kind of like, yeah. oh, it was just like, oh, he's yeah. dead. But it's it's still good though. To me, it would have made more sense if the plant foolishly like brought the whole house down on himself and killed himself like that. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. I guess that wouldn't have made any sense. He still would have been rooted in the ground mm-hmm. and alive. But, uh... Anyways. Yeah, so, uh, who's who's your favorite character in this movie? Um... I know mine, obviously. I know what <laughs> yours is, too. Um... I mean... It's a fight between Seymour and, um, the boss character. Mr. Uh, Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick. Um, I think it's because they have such a great relationship. The, the, their chemistry together in the movie is really yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. That I really like them together, especially. Um, Seymour yeah, is a great they protagonist. They work well together. They, they bounce exactly. off each other. Exactly. And even in the behind-the-scenes credit we saw, they really were funny together. Like They would encourage mm-hmm. each other and the, 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 the actors um, for both of those characters. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they were really funny because they'd argue and have those comedic parts together, and 
So, like, I love Seymour because he's a protagonist and stuff, and he, um, who plays him? Uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, legendary comedic, um, entertainer, you know, he might uh, know Coincidentally, balls. got his start on Second City TV, which is basically the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. But he got a, <laughs> he got a start there. The, uh, CN- and, uh, the CSNL, <laughs> Canadian Saturday Night Live. Um... Uh, but he got his start on that show. Yeah. Uh, as well as um, John Candy. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, I really like Seymour, and I really like Mr. Mushnick, who is a really funny uh, character. Well, yeah. how about you? Uh, well, you see, when I was younger... <laughs> oh, no. No, no go not, ahead. I mean, I, I was I'm, like... I'm not going to pain you by trying to sing. Um, <laughs> my favorite character, as you know, uh, is Steve Martin as Dr. Oren Scrivello, DDS, the dentist. He's the dentist. The dentist. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, but, why did you uh, like him so much? Was it just because he was funny? Um, not just because he's funny. Um, I can't, I, obviously I love Steve Martin. Uh, he's, he's a great, great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but and his hair is black in this movie. Yeah, he, he dyed his hair for this movie. I mean, because um, like in most movies, his hair is like this know. really white. Even though he was like only middle age or less yeah. than middle age, he was thirty. Like he already mm-hmm. had white hair. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't really know why I'm drawn to the that character so much. It's not like I'm. You just like, you, he has a good <laughs> musical number. Maybe it's mm-hmm. his psychopathic. Uh, Ness. Yes, because I am a I'm a psychopath. No. As we all know. No, he's just he's a really interesting kind of character, I guess. Like he's he, he's interesting. He's different. He's not your yeah. He's just he, not a normal character. It throws period. you for a loop because the beginning when yeah. you first see him, he's like, oh, he's like this greaser dude, and then. He's like taught, sing, He starts singing a song. You're like, okay, this is kind of funny. This is turning and he's, he's still singing. He's still singing about. Like horrible things, like shooting yeah, right? puppies with BB guns and stuff, and bashing. A cat's it's like head he in. has a sadistic love. Yeah, but he decided to become a doctor. But, uh, yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, this guy is really bad." And then all of a sudden, it's like he's a dentist. You're like, "Oh." <laughs> I guess it's because like this is a musical, so like you, we get introduced to your general lovable loser main character Seymour, and then this doll face, uh, damsel in distress, uh, what's her name? Uh, Audrey. Uh, Audrey, uh, just Audrey, <laughs> not, not, yeah. Um, yeah, Audrey, Audrey the plan. And then Mr. Mushnick, the kind of, uh, tough Mr. Krabs kind of money-grabbing kind of, imp- I, I guess Mr. Krabs wasn't a thing yet, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, you, you get a lot of, like, the, these feel like normal characters. And then suddenly... You have the dentist coming to scene. You're like, wait, well, you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's almost like um Sweeney Todd before, it, and that became a musical, you know. And it, it has n- almost nothing to do with the the main storyline until later. Yeah, uh, it's just like the Audrey has a boyfriend, and the boyfriend's kind of psychopathic, but he's also a doctor, and you're kind of like. Okay, this is weird. And then when you find out Seymour loves Audrey, and wit, and once 
the boyfriend gone from the situation, and then he realizes yeah. that the plant needs fresh blood. So he decides yeah. to go mm-hmm. kill the dentist. Also, and, and you kind of like, you feel for him because the dentist, like, he treats Audrey like crap, and yeah. you feel really bad. And you're and, like, uh, yeah, maybe he deserves originally, because there's that whole song where he's like, Audrey yeah. 2's like, um, you know, I, I'm getting pretty, I'm getting pretty hungry. Uh-huh. Yeah, you mind, you mind killing somebody for me? And he, Seymour's like, no. And then. It's uh, like, I can make your dreams come true, kid. Just stick with me. And then. We're going to uh, go far. We're going to uh, go places. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should also mention that, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it's kind of like Rick and the, Morty. The dentist, the dentist dies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the so thing is, uh, that's why I sympathize with Seymour so much. He doesn't even actually kill him. The dentist, he's got this thing with laughing gas. That's kind of like a drug. And he, well, laughing gas. He, yeah. he gets like this thing on him, this machine, so he gets a constant stream of it, and then it breaks. So like he dies. Yeah, and then he he has he has ex ex he stops breathing. <laughs> he stops breathing. <laughs> I don't um, know. So, yeah. yeah. So then, like, he, he uh, st- um, Seymour's like, oh, well, he's dead, so I may yeah. as well go and uh, chop him up. Yeah, he chops him, him up, feeds him to Audrey, too. Audrey and then Mr. Mushnick sees him do it, and he's like, hey, that ain't cool. I'm going to go take you to the police, unless you let me keep the plant, and then you get out of town. Yeah, and he's like, give me... Give me your secret gardening tips. And then he kind of like <laughs> backs him up a little bit and Mr. Mushnick sees him and then Audrey eats him just by himself and Seymour's like, oh, what am I doing? Yep. And then they, he basically tries running away from his fears by just telling Audrey, we got to get out of here with the money that we already have. But then, you know, the showdown. And then mm-hmm. that's where it splits off into what we were mean talking about earlier. Either the original space. ending or the, the movie ending. Yeah. Theatrical version. Um, so that's the basic plot. <laughs> In a very uh, run around, jumping a bridge yeah. version. That's, uh, it's, that's it's, the plot. it's so good, though. It's so interesting. It's, it's a very unique story. Um, well, it's, it's sort of like your general good hero, sort of, well, sort of good hero, um, versus the monster. Yeah. Um, but. It's done in a very funny, dark comedy, unique twist way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Let's so, uh, let's talk about the music finally. <laughs> yes, the music. Okay, okay. You what? What about the music? What? What? what did you love those three girls who? They they brought something uh, else. To they're the whole thing. they're. Yeah, they definitely changed the tone. The three of the African movie. American girls who kind of did this because we're not allowed to say black. Adam, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get sued for this because we called them black. Oh, oh my gosh, you better uh, cut, you better cut this out. Of the <laughs> no, no. Okay, the three girls, wonderful singers. Um, and they they had the little dance routine. They're really yeah, great they, because um, they're like uh those nineteen sixties. You know, back when the Beatles were popular. The other big, yeah, the Supremes were like one of their biggest competitors, the Beatles. If you know, like, um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor yeah. Dreamcoat, another musical, yeah. the, the the narrative. It's like soul, sort of, but it's like the, pop. It's soul. Yeah, pop. the three girls are basically the equivalent to the narrator in uh, the play Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor That's right, because she has Dreamcoat. that big, melodic they, voice. They, really... they explain 
the story uh-huh. without being directly involved in it. It's a lot. I, I compared it in the movie to Lemony Snicket in the series of Unfortunate Events, uh, which is on Netflix, and mm-hmm. how he kind of like is in the movie and story. He even walks around the set, but no one notices him. It's like he's a ghost almost. Yeah. So kind of like this. People don't really notice them unless they're directly talking to the characters, in which case they would like dress up and not have their dazzling uh, dresses on. They'd like dress up as like. Uh, your, your People average. on Skid Row. Yeah, Skid Row. <laughs> Skid Row. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. No, I won't. I won't sing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a great musical, and they sing really well, and they really uh, keep the 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 plot flowing from one to the other, and it's just kind of like a nice break in between of them. The the story, and it really blends together too. So, <laughs> any other? Anything else? Who who, who did the music? Because um, you said uh, Alan Menken Alan wrote Menken. some of the songs. Because uh, Alan Scorsese was the one signed up, and then they, he didn't. So you had Alan Menken. Um, yeah, I think he did but, a really good job of that. Um, uh, yeah. So Alan Menken did. Uh, I think he wrote some of the songs. I don't know if he wrote all of the songs, mm-hmm. but I know he wrote um, several of them. And Alan Menken, he's famous for doing, like, all the Disney stuff. He did, like, um, uh, he did Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, he did, he did a lot of, basically all of the Disney movies in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, around the time of, like, Lion King and Aladdin and stuff, he did, he did a lot of those kind of movies. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's pretty famous. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, is just another reason why this movie has such great songs is because they got Wikipedia a really good songwriter right to do it. I pulled up Wikipedia and it says the music was by Miles Goodman. Well, he... Miles Goodman... I haven't heard of Miles Goodman, Elliot Miles for, Goodman. Yeah. For, uh, for anything else other than this, but he did... He did What About Bob, apparently. Oh, another great Bill Murray movie. Yeah, he uh, collaborated with Frank Oz uh, a um, lot. But uh, anyway, so Alan Menken, he he did the songs, not the not the background music. Uh, mm-hmm. The the music is by that guy. Okay. But Alan Menken did the songs. Okay. So the songs. two different two different things. They're kind of confusing. All right, got it. Um, but, uh, great, great songs. Uh, what's, what's your favorite song in this? Um, I usually say that my favorite is Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a fun, I mean, a fun that's, song. that's the height of the movie. That's what it's all been building towards. But I also like the one where he's like telling him, uh, go get it. You know, the, the like, yeah, the. And the, the plant songs, I think, are my favorite because yeah. I just admire the puppet and, and uh, the way that it syncs up so well with the music, and it's just such yeah. such fun. And uh, Levi Stubbs uh, from yeah. the four from the Four Tops is the uh, the voice of Audrey too. So, it was a really uh, unique choice, though, to have him sing that. Yeah, but it, it matched well with on um, the three main singers. It, uh, the I narrator. Think I mean, I've seen the I've seen the show I've seen the play in the movie so many times that I don't really I didn't really think about this, but I if you've never seen the movie, 
I think the name Audrey 2 and then having that voice paired with the name Audrey 2 would, like, really would throw people off and be like, whoa, that was that's another thing funny. that made this musical so unique. Um, mm-hmm. You like comparing this to the Be More Chill musical because there's uh, the squip, which is yeah, kind of a villain. Uh, Be More Chill is a, is a musical. It's not a movie. No, it's, uh, it's, it's just it's, a musical. Although, a, they're thinking of doing two different movies for Be More Chill. Like, one that sticks to the original book material, um, and then mm-hmm. the one that's more like the musical. Um, just just saying. Yeah, that's cool. I'm a musical but, uh, buff, be, I know this stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, Be More Chill is, is a uh, musical. It's really right big now. right now. Yeah. Um, it's basically, the way I, I talk about it is it's Heather's combined with Little Shop of Horrors. Pretty much. Pretty so, much. Uh, and it's modern, if you wanna, too. Yeah, if you want to learn more about that, go look it up. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. There's a villain in that. <laughs> There's a villain in called the Squip in Be More Chill who encourages the protagonist to do things he shouldn't. Um, and and yeah, to so act a certain like, way and to be cooler and yeah. kind of controls his actions. Very similar to Audrey, too. Who, mm-hmm. Anyways, I like making that comparison because it just shows like how I'm. I'm sure, I I, I feel I feel like it. This the guy who was behind Be More Chill must have had some kind of inspiration, if not directly from Little Shop of Horrors. Then what Little Shop mm-hmm. of Horrors created as this kind of overarching yeah. villain persona. I mean, uh, kind of the yeah. the not twist villain, but mm-hmm. like. The secret um, villain. Not he's not like a person or a human. Like that's... he he doesn't act like like the mm-hmm. whatever whoever the villain or whatever the villain is doesn't act like the villain at first. No, he kind of is the, like the innocent. characters don't realize that that's tr- the villain. It seems like he's trying until to help. it's too late. He's more he he's kind of like Jiminy Cricket turned bad. You know, <laughs> really, really, let's be honest. It's I like, get, I guess, this little yeah. guy, he's, he's the devil on the shoulder that you actually th- thought was the angel at first, you know? Yeah. He, he's the um, little whisper in your ear. He's like, hey, if you do this, it's going to help you. And then he shows you, it helps you, but it actually turns around and it messes you up. Maybe mm-hmm. like Gollum, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. That's another yeah, good one. A, a little bit. A little bit. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm taking trying all these to, different trying characters. to compare the... The exactly. Villain. Um, exactly. So yeah. But um, while we're talking about the villain Audrey too. Yes. Let's finally well, jump into this part. I love yeah. This part. Let's just let's talk about the puppet. We want it. We this. yeah. We want the puppet. We've been holding back, but we the we're gonna go into this now. Puppet. The puppet. The oh puppet, my the puppet, gosh! The puppet. I like. You think Jabba the Hutt from Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith is good? You have seen nothing. R- Return of the Jedi. And I thought you were a Star Wars nerd. Uh, I used to. You were my brother, CJ. Uh, I trusted you. Okay, okay. I love the movies, but ever since Disney franchise Star Wars, like, save that for later. Let's not get into that. (laughs) I just. Okay, okay. You started this. Anyways, um, (laughs) the puppet is really well done. Okay, so, so back then. CGI was barely being used, right? Jurassic mm-hmm. Park was like the most, uh, the the next evolution in CGI. That was like yeah, the that greatest. wasn't that wasn't until like five or six years after Little Shop of Horrors. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if you were using CG it around was the really time of Little basic. Shop of Horrors, it was really 
really basic and and if you would watch it today it would be really really bad yeah with, even with yeah. a couple exceptions even but. modern cdi i still have certain qualms with sometimes mm-hmm. but uh this is in the days before cgi mm-hmm. was so really they had to use a puppet prominent um, and they had like 50 anywhere oh my from gosh. 50 to 100 guys working on this puppet at and the same time. And the puppet time. is so, like, obviously yeah. it's not, it doesn't look like just a And there plant. were, how many different puppets? There were, like, six or seven different oh, puppets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because. And then this, the smallest one was, like, in a little coffee can, and the biggest one was, like, 12 or 14 feet tall. And we're not tall. even talking about um, the, the little side, sing, the side singers, you know, who, who sung along with the plant, the little small ones. Oh yeah, the, the ones from Mean Green Mother. And then you also have in the original cut, um, there was a bunch of them. Oh yeah, but those those were like miniatures and stuff. They were yeah, they weren't as good as. But the the, the main Audrey the two big one. was it's a life size was a life size puppet. It was bigger than a human. It was. Yeah, it was like twelve feet tall. It was so. huge. It was crazy, and it was really well made uh, because you saw. All the actions that it did were, like, so lifelike. I think that's the main point. It was so lifelike. The puppet, its mouth, it just makes all these curves and smiles. And it doesn't, it's not an average puppet that goes wah, 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 and kind of opens and shuts. But it, it just, like, its mouth moves very human-like. Like, you can see all yeah, the Yeah, and the, the way that they did that was... Um, yeah, go ahead. Is they, they had all the guys working pulling and pushing levers and buttons and stuff and operating this puppet and what they would do is they would slow down the music so the puppet wouldn't have to go full speed because obviously that would be really hard to do so what they did is they kind of did it in slow motion um and did the the movement slower than they needed to and then sped it up uh, when they put it in the movie, so it looked like it was normal speed. But they did it perfectly. And it, would it was look, perfectly it would look synced more to the music. Fluid that way. Yeah, it's so well. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like in the behind the scenes, you just see them kind of moving all these levers and stuff. And you're like, what in the world is that even doing? And then you see the actual puppet, and you're like, wow. Yeah, like there was this. There's this one shot in the behind the scenes of like three guys, and they're just pushing levers up down up down up down you're like what is that doing it looks like they're just pushing levers and then it's actually like making the vines go up and down and left and right and it's crazy i can't even imagine i can't even imagine how they got that done really. mm-hmm. that that is a miracle it's, it's of definitely puppetry. these guys definitely were top notch of course uh, these are the the people who would work on sesame street and all those big puppets yeah well well some of them were but some yeah. of them i i'm just thinking of them anyways yeah but this this might be the pinnacle of puppetry i don't think you can get better oh, yeah. than this it's it's definitely one of the best it's it's not my i was telling you this it's not my favorite mm-hmm. um like special effects no 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 uh, that's sure. that's um john carpenter's the thing mm, but uh yeah. the oh, best oh, oh, oh. that like the best practical effects it's the best puppet um oh I've yeah definitely i i, I wonder mean, if they still have it around and if it's like still intact and stuff, I I hope they do. I but, hope so. But I mean, back then they'd usually throw out old props and oh, stuff. Oh, that one was they, like yeah. I, I felt like they had a special connection I, to that one. I'll have to look but into that. But you know that. what? I, I really again, hope it's still still then again, there. Then again, the original Back to the Future DeLorean got torn apart and 
Yeah, it was, yeah that happened to a lot of that's classic so sad. movie props. That's so sad. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but, uh, it, yeah. It, it, it happens. Anyways, um, I it was so lifelike though that like in the back to scenes you could even see um Mr. Seymour uh the, not Mr. Seymour um <laughs> the character I keep forgetting his name um Mr. Mushnick. No, 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 not Mr. Mushnick, but the actor behind Seymour. Uh, Rick Moranis. Mr. Moranis. I wanted to. Say, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted yeah. to say Mr. Moranis. Um, he would go and just like hang out on his lunch break with the puppet and just talk to it, even though it wasn't like saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was how life. Like he had a connection with it. Like it was. Yeah. It was funny. That's, um, that's so cool. Let's go ahead and and start wrapping up and talking yeah. about some final points and stuff. Um. Uh, yeah. I just I love the music. It was great. In the musical department, is great. In the special effects department, and the acting, and the plot. That's why it was just pretty much good with me, because it just seemed to excel in all those major points and concerns that I have. It's very Hollywood Broadway. Like, it, it yeah, leaves it's, it's nothing. Definitely, it's definitely a very good... It's, it's a very good adaptation of a play. Um, but it, it feels kind of like... It feels, it feels old. It, it feels... A little dated. It you know? feel a little bit, yeah. I mean, it, it's the kind of kind of thing that's. But pretty... I mean, it was made in the '80s, but it was set in the '50s. Exactly. So that's true. Is it dated to the '50s or dated to the '80s? I is don't the know. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Anyways, um, the point was that it was just it just felt like an older movie, but it was a good older movie. It was yeah, it's, it's that that's crust. The stuffed crust. The we stuffed gotta mention the stuffed crust. crust. It's the same and thing as the Princess Bride. It it, it may feel kind of older. It's a good kind of cheesy. It is. It is. It is. Exactly. Um. Speaking of the stuffed crust, uh, let's go ahead and rate this on our okay. our, our fancy pizza rating scale. One okay. out of eight. Or I'm not giving this movie one out of eight slices. No, obviously. holy cow. Obviously, but um, there's there our pizza has mm-hmm. eight slices mm-hmm. and. How okay. many slices of pizza would you eat for this movie? Is is how we rate our our movies. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You went you went first last time, I believe. So yeah, I said eight ahead. out of eight for Princess Bride. Yeah. It was so really I'll nice. I'll go ahead and you uh, go ahead first. Uh, go first for this one. So um, this is a very good movie. It definitely has some flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, does feel a little bit dated. Uh, some of that's good. Some of that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but the puppet is. Is oh magnificent. Uh, the acting is great. The the chemistry between all the actors um, felt really natural. Uh, I don't. I'm. I don't think I'll give it eight out of eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm saving that for like uh, several movies in particular. <laughs> um, but uh, I I gave Princess Bride seven out of eight. I'll give this one. I'll give it six and a half. Okay. So it's a, it's a very good movie, but mm-hmm. it does have flaws. Oh, oh sure. A- absolutely. Um, I think I, I love it. Um, I love like the puppets and the characters and the music. The music is great, but it still feels like it's a little, a little antique. It's beautiful, but like, I just feel like certain parts I'm like, eh, eh. Um, but I, I really love it. I do love it. I didn't have any major problem with it. I, in fact, I wholly enjoyed it. But there's mm-hmm. just a few things that I felt like um, it's just it's an older movie. 
Yeah. And I can't, it's not that I don't appreciate that. It's just that that's how I feel. So I give it seven and a half out of eight because it's really good. It is, is a very good, but you know, there's just a little bit that I might have. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, you, I can't you, really even explain it. It's just the feeling I get from it, I guess. Basically. Yeah. You, you relate to it a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyways, you, so yeah, that's how I feel. Seven and a, seven and a half out of eight. All right. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um. Hey, you want to talk about where we are available now? Um. Oh, this podcast, yeah. Be Kind Rewind, we uh have opened up on several platforms. Yeah, we're on uh we're on several platforms now, uh, and growing. So uh, we're on YouTube. Yep. Uh, Anchor Podcasts, mm-hmm. Spotify. And uh, Google Podcasts, just to name a few. We're also on a couple more. We're also working working to get iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully in the next few episodes we'll be able to uh, say that we're on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also uh, been working on some more art stuff, possibly for some, you know, shirts or who knows? Who knows mm-hmm. at this point? We're, we're just throwing we out need, some ideas. We need merch two episodes in. <laughs> I just feel like we can make some cool stuff out of this. You know, and really have a good time enjoying this. I would buy a shirt if yeah. we could sponsor ourselves. Because you're a host. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plus it's my own. I, I'm helping to draw this stuff, so I like seeing my stuff on merch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to get the word out there. We're spreading... Um, if you like this, please share with your friends. Um, t- talk about it. And, oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Let us know any feedback. Uh, if you want to, any certain movies you yeah. guys want to hear. Us, leave us a comment on, on YouTube and yeah. um, in the description if you're watching on YouTube. You can, um, I'm sure there's a way. I don't know because we're, <laughs> we're kind of new to all this. Leave us a message on like Anchor or something. I think if you have advice, we, uh, we appreciate that, that too. Oh, yeah, that was definitely any, any advice. We're, we're, um, we're starting out here. So yeah, that wraps things up. So, okay, we were preparing this outro earlier. Let's see if I get this right. Um, wherever you are, from a Russian gulag to... Your bathroom. Um, Be Kind Rewind is always available and has something for everyone. Uh, please check us out in the future. We have more episodes coming. We hope to see you soon. So from CJ and... Adam. Bye-bye for now. See ya.